Welcome to the Full 60 featuring Craig Custance and presented by The Athletic. Each week, we'll dive into the biggest stories in hockey while bringing in unique voices to entertain and explain all aspects of the game. Hey, this is Craig and welcome to this week's episode of the Full 60. And I am thrilled to have on an old friend, who Aaron Andrews, who, of course... You know her as the former sideline reporter of the Lightning in the studio reporter with the Atlanta Thrashers. I'm not sure what happened after that. I think she's gone on to have a pretty good career. Crazy. I, it's, it's hard to say. Erin, how are you? I'm good. I was trying to think. So I met you right before I got fired from TV, <laughs> which is really what happened. I mean, it was the best thing that ever happened to me. But at the time, it was so dramatic. But I knew you right after Lightning, right? And mm-hmm. met you right as I was trying to, you know, make it at TBS. And I was doing Thrasher stuff. And it just wasn't my thing. So, yeah. You did not crazy. get fired. Did you get fired? Well, did no. Actually, that's so wrong. I didn't get fired. My contract wasn't renewed. That's So, was. my yeah. deal was up. And then I remember that that was 2014. The Lightning were making their run in the playoffs. And mm-hmm. I knew that... Turner was not going to renew my deal. So I remember sitting in the baseball um, studio. I remember texting our, you know, mutual friend Bert at the time. Mm-hmm. And I just said, Oh God, I'm effed here. And then ESPN was actually in town to do a Thrashers game. And I knew the hotel that they stayed at because everybody yeah. knew, you know, where the hockey team stayed. And um, I went down there because I knew the broadcast crew would be having drinks and yeah. I'm sorry, we're the, we're the broadcasting crew state, not the hockey team. Yeah, and yeah. so um, I went down there and I introduced myself to everyone. And I just said, Hey, I knew y'all would be here having drinks. And I just wanted to let you know, I'm not going to be renewed at Turner and I would love to do the Stanley cup coverage. And then I got hired on for that. And that's kind of when I was like, all right, here we go, people. That's amazing. I'd forgot. So, so why do you think it went sideways with the thrash? Well, I was originally hired for baseball coverage. So my first job out of college was, oh God, 2000, was it 2004 with the Lightning? It was not, no, it was Tortorella's first year. So maybe that was 2003. I think I got it. I think 0102, according to Oh God, they're, they're, I don't know if that's accurate. I don't know if that was it. Maybe that was it. So I got hired and then I got through maybe like, the hockey season wasn't even over and an offer came in from Atlanta for me to go to TBS and TNT and host the Braves coverage. I yeah. never hosted anything in my life. I, the, you know, the lightning were my first job out of school. I remember being on the charter with the lightning and I walked up to, I, I told our PR guy, Bill Wickett, who's now with the Nashville Predators. Shout out to Wick. He's one of the best freaking guys in the NHL. It's amazing. It's so amazing. And um, miss him a lot in Tampa Bay. And I just said, I got an offer last night by Turner to go there and do baseball coverage nationally. And my dad, who obviously is in the industry, had said, I didn't even have an agent at the time. My dad said, let's call my agent, get her to help us out, see what this is. And my dad said, I think you got to take this. This is national. Like you don't get many chances like this. You're covering regionally uh, one of the worst teams in the NHL. (laughs) They were, they were out of it by Christmas. And um, so I went 
And I told Bill Wickett and he told Torts and he said, well, you got to go up to the front of the plane and tell Torts. And Torts at that time had become like a dad to me. He was just really, really great in guiding me, learning or teaching me how to ask questions in pressers, like, Mm -hmm. you know, teaching me how to swear, things like that. And um, I uh, walked up to him and he goes, I heard you got a job offer. And I started bawling. And I just said, I don't want to go towards, I don't want to go. I want to stay with the lightning forever. And he said, I think you got to go. And he said, if it doesn't work out, you can come here. So I signed a two year, maybe a three year deal. I think it was a two, three year deal. And, um, it didn't go well. (laughs) I stopped (laughs) ass. I was so bad and I didn't improve. And, but I just don't feel like it, it was for obviously the brave studio. I didn't know anything about baseball. I didn't know anything about, you know, hosting a studio. I was yeah. really, really terrible. Um, and they let me go. And I remember Charles Barkley telling them that's going to be the biggest mistake of this network. And I, mm. I'm not saying it was one of the biggest mistakes, but it worked out pretty well. We can say that now, Aaron. No, that's I mean, a pretty big know. mess up, I think. Listen, it, they had Sager there. God love him. You know, Charles was always so wonderful to me. EJ was so great to me, but I wasn't working NBA coverage. Maybe if they had thrown me on that, but it, it worked out pretty great from there. The lightning or not the lightning ESPN hired me for a three month tryout um, on the Stanley cup finals. Well, really the Stanley cup. My first job was Rick DePietro in the net facing yeah. the Tampa Bay lightning. He won. And, um, then I got thrown on the Western Conference, and then I got thrown on the finals, and Tampa Bay won it, and it was freaking awesome. Oh, all right. There's there's a lot there. Uh, but so I, I, <laughs> I want to start with John Tortorella, um, yeah. and you can correct me if this story's right, but when I was looking some stuff up, you said something along the lines, the first time you ever met him, I know nothing about hockey. Mm-hmm. Like, that's your introduction. Now, I give you a lot of points for honesty. I don't know... Or I can tell you, as a young reporter, I like I was trying to fake it half the time until like I I, I like that I like that you were a little bit vulnerable there. Like, what what do you remember about that interaction? Well, what I remember was that happened to me when I was with Atlanta working the Braves games. I mean, I knew Thrashers yeah. because obviously I was coming from my stint with uh, Tampa Bay, but. I just didn't know anything. And I remember, you know, coming home one weekend to Tampa from Atlanta and I was telling my dad, I was such a joke because I was like, dad, Mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm horrible. And I was like, you know, I feel like I'm like, you know, on this Island by myself. And my dad's like, look, you just, you got it. You got to try to get through this. It's baptism under fire. Right. So then I go and, um, whatever. I, I was with Tampa Bay before, obviously, but I remember just going up to Torch because I, I had heard candidly Torch wasn't interested. Imagine this in a 22 year old coming out of school and working with the worst hockey team and traveling. Like I was on the charter. I was in the hotel. Yeah. I was on the bus with them. So he told management, no, this is yeah. not a good idea. And God love him. Like I, it was a perfect thing for me because no offense, I wasn't interested. I was so worried about like just getting it right. right. But I mean, my husband didn't believe this until he actually had a, like a tryout with the Columbus blue jackets. And he talked to torts. I sat next to torts on the bus. Like I literally sat next to him, not on the plane. I was a couple right. you know, rows down or actually I was like in the last row. And then all the boys were behind. I remember weeks. He was always freaking behind me. Yeah. Um, and uh, I know I, I just knew he didn't want me there, but I wanted him to know how much I cared and how hard mm-hmm. I would work. And 
And you said he taught you how to ask the tough questions. He did. He did. Well, because I was always around him, right? And I, Rick Peckham, who just retired from Tampa Bay Angel and Bobby the Chief Taylor, they were, you know, our, our play-by-play and our analysts. I was around them a lot and and Torts would always hang with us. And um, I would hear Torts bitch about our local media. And um, I, and this is towards his first year, you know? So like, I mean, there was a lot of shit going on. I remember we landed one time and my dad, he called me on my huge cell phone and he's like, Rick Dudley just got fired. I'm like, dad, Rick Dudley sitting four rows down from me. Cause Rick Dudley had tried to trade Vinny. Like that whole freaking thing. You were there for all that. All of that. My my 70 pound golden retriever just walked in. His middle name is Marty St. Louis. Um, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I, I just I saw how Torts was like hard on the media. And then yeah. one day I know a guy was held out because we get a lot of inside information working for the team, but you know, yeah. you can't really say a lot of it. And I knew one guy had been held out of practice. And for some reason our media wasn't asking it. So I sat in at Morning's Gate and I raised my hand and he said, Aaron, and I said, Where's so and so? And he goes, Good fucking question. <laughs> and I was like, Okay, woo. Yeah. Um, but he did, he just kind of talked me like get in there and ask the question i made my first interaction with john was so oftentimes if i was doing a national story i would parachute in and i would ask i would be working on somebody very specific so like it wasn't like the grind day-to-day questions with the coaches and i didn't know at the time i I jump in and john has a thing against talking about other players and the other team like he won't do it at all and it'll shut down the press yeah so I come in and I'm doing some, you know, deep dive on Pavel Datsuk or something. And I'm like, hey, you know, and I really I worked up the brilliant question, I thought. And he just won't like, talk about them positively either. He won't talk about them, period. At all. I didn't know so, that. Yeah. So, I'm like, you know, huh. this, and I'm and really excited to tap into his knowledge. And he's like, next question. I, I, I refuse. Oh. And, and like everyone in the whole scrum knew. They were, they all, they're like. Oh, by the way, Torch doesn't talk about the other team at all. I'm like, wow, that's good information I could have used. I had no a idea and a half about ago. that. I think yeah. it's still the same way. He's uh, he's great. Um, I mean, in terms of dealing with the media, like, he gets yeah, he has his moments, right? Um, but I found on you know when I've sat down with him in the summer or on off days, you get the best stuff. He's so honest, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's why players either love him or hate him because he's yeah. you're getting you're getting reality. He's very much like obviously Daryl Sutter coached my husband and my husband loves him so very much. And look, he's hard and he's a guy you don't Mm -hmm. want to piss off. And, but, and he's difficult with the, um, media as well, but off the ice. I mean, if my husband was having health problems, he was the first one to show uh, like either at the emergency room or at our house, ask what we needed, just anything with us. I covered actually Daryl when the lightning were playing Calgary, it was Daryl's team. And I was what, you know, myself and Chris Simpson were the two females there. And that's how I got to know Daryl. That was obviously before my husband. So that was really fun. And um, yeah, I mean, Torch is great. Like I just, you know, he gave me advice about leaving to, you know, take on this bigger job. Um, I would check in with him from time to time. I loved his wife, Chris. She was wonderful. Mm-hmm. When I had my incident publicly with a stalker and so forth, I'll be honest with you, Torch was one of my first, he was one of the first people that called me to mm-hmm. be like, I need to know you're okay. Like, where mm-hmm. are you? Are you okay? And that just, I mean, that puts him on a different level, you know? He would have. Uh, he'd only want to be talking about your dog right now. If, by the way, if he was. In the I same know. Call. 
That's yeah. it. Is it really Marty St. Louis? The middle, that's a no, long actually middle his, name. his middle name is David Ortiz, but Marty St. Louis, Victor Hedman, Stammer, there are a lot of passwords in, for me in my life. But yeah, that's, like, we always wanted to get when not before my husband, like my family had golden retrievers and we always wanted to get a boy. We always got girls, but we always wanted to get a boy and call him Louis. So maybe that'll be my next one. That's great. All right. So the th- I want to talk a little about the Thrashers era, yeah. but most importantly, I think what everyone's going to want to know is... Does the OC stand the test of time? If we sat and watched an episode of the OC together, would would we cringe or enjoy it? I think we would still enjoy it. So I, Marissa was on Dancing with the Stars when I was hosting it. (laughs) Okay. She was a dream. I mean, she was everything I wanted her to be and more. Yes. Um, So that was great. Yeah. You know what? I need to go back and watch it because when you guys said that we were going to talk about it a lot, I forgot that that was our jam back in the day. And... It was so good. It was just so great. It's, it's, yeah, that's like, I think about that, like the, you know, Margarita's watching the OC was, was the way we would blow off steam after covering Thrasher's games. Oh my um, God. What do you remember about the Thrash? What, like, is there a memory or a player that stands out of that, that period of time? Um, well, because I was in studio, so I mm-hmm. never got to go down to the games, which was a super right. big bummer for me. Um, you know, and that was hard because I know how great all those guys are. Um, and I'm, I'm more of a girl that likes to be at site. Yeah. Um, you know, Darren was always uh, like, he's so lovely. Now, does he work for the wings now? Does he work for the Red Wings? He's with Vegas now. So he he's was doing Vegas with Millard. Yeah, yes. That's right. Darren Elliott, he's now, um, I think he's doing like uh, player development, a lot of youth. He's so good with like the youth programs right. and all that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I might, this is just from memory. Was there a situation at the studio where they like repainted it and there was paint fumes and you had almost passed out? Am I making this up? Nope. This okay. was during baseball. They repainted it. They repainted yeah. the desk and there was paint fumes. And I, that's when I called Skip Simpson and Joe Carey. Yeah. And I was like, these paint fumes, I got to get out of here. <laughs> they were like coming up my nose. They decided to paint this whole thing and have me host the studio. And I was already terrible at, you know, <sighs> And, uh, yeah, it was, it was such a great time. Let me tell you, but <laughs> oh my gosh, All it right. was kind of like my minor leagues, you know, like I was just horrible. It's like what I hear my husband talk about with these players and player development. I was so bad. So yeah. bad. But so I like, so you said you didn't get better and I don't believe that. Right. Because you like, what's always struck me about you is that you're, you're like a competitor, like you're yeah. that you have a competitive side to you. Mm-hmm. So there's no way like that you were sitting there saying, I'm not good at this. I'm not going to get any better. Like, what do you think? I think like, I how won. do you think that era? You really, you think that's just it was yes. just, let's forget about that era? Yeah, no, like, no, no. Uh, I think I was. I, I oh, don't. Yeah, yeah. I remember like being so down and out about it. I just couldn't get over that hump for some reason. Mm. And maybe too, like, listen, I had just graduated from college, where it basically it was all about the Florida Gators, and then I signed on with a hockey team that I didn't know anything about. I thought Darren Poopa was still on that. No, I'm right, kidding. Right. Um, so, um, y- you know, I, I was like locked in on NHL coverage, and then I got thrown into the Atlanta Braves with all this history and tradition yeah. and Skip Carey. And I was freaking awful, awful. Mm. Now I think if I had been put in the position where I was like a dugout reporter or there at the site, getting to know the guys, like doing the little stories like that, but I was throwing a baseball scores. I mean, I'm mispronouncing guys' names. It was just, it was literally a lot for me and it was a bummer. I couldn't, you know, I don't know. I don't think I did a good job, but I'm also really hard on myself. I cannot yeah. come home on a Thursday 
or after a Sunday game and be happy. Like I literally go to bed and my fear at night is when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to see that there was an injury or an incident out on the field that I didn't cover. Mm. And I'll have like chest pains for like four days. Sounds like a healthy person. Okay. <laughs> what, what do you think? Like, why did you persevere through that? Like, was uh, there a moment where you're like, Hey, this is really working out for me or like, why, what, what kept you going through? Because I knew I just love sports so mm-hmm. much. And I, I knew, you know, the, the year before I was working with the lightning and I had such a great time and I could feel that things were going to get bigger for me. Yeah. Um, but I just don't feel like it was obviously the right fit there. So thankful of the opportunity. think it was yeah. great. I think it like molded me in a certain way, obviously put me in the next position to, you know, move on to ESPN and have an eight year career there. Um, but yeah, I just felt like, um, it, it just wasn't the best fit, but it happened yeah. for a reason. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. All right. Yeah. Uh, I want to, we were talking before about your experience with the Kings. I want to get into some of that because I think that was the last time I saw you was on the ice when they won the Stanley cup in uh-huh. 2014. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily with 24 seven us based live customer service from discover Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. So, yeah. So, two, is that, that was when they won the cup, right? 2014? I, I, I wasn't that. around in 2012. But, yes. Yes. We started dating in the lockout uh, right after they won the cup. Yeah. In so, 2012. I, like, I, I just, in this, again, this might be my memory. I vaguely, like, when we all go on the ice as media, you were out there. What was it like to be just part of that that moment in time? Um, it was crazy. I mean, listen, that whole run was crazy. So 2013, they come back after, you know, the little bit of a lockout and they made it in the playoffs pretty far. I think what they lost to the Sharks, did they lose to the Sharks or Chicago? One of them. Chicago. Was that that crazy? There was a Western Conference final. Oh, is that the one they won? I've this is all crazy. There's too many. I don't remember. I was just thinking about it yesterday because obviously with the news about the Rangers, they were talking. It was 2013 because 2013 they lost to Chicago. 2013 is when my husband in the middle of the playoffs got nailed. Um, And then what is who's the player? He was in his um, he was his friend in Edmonton. I was so Rafi. I was so angry. And then Jarrett missed time. Jarrett missed two games. In that series, Rafi was suspended for the rest of the series for the hit. And then they won. The Kings won game six. And I remember we came home from game six and Daryl called and said, are you going to play game seven? And I was like, oh, my gosh. So we played game seven. And then they lost to Chicago in the Western Conference Finals. So I was there for that run. And obviously knew like with sports and everything, how intense it was. But there's nothing like a hockey playoff series. There's just Mm -hmm. not. Um, and then, you know, 2014 was super exciting. Um, you know, it was a lot of fun. It, it's a lot of fun with the girls. I'll tell you, I don't know how my liver got through it. Um, <laughs> but then that was all the game sevens, right? And yeah. that was the overtimes. Oh. And that was like, oh my gosh. And they were down three games to San Jose, I think, to start even their first series. So that was crazy. I mean, they were just so tired and I was tired Mm. from drinking at like 11 a.m. I mean, it was exhausting. So um, (laughs) I I hope you brought that up to some of the players. You're like, boy, I know you guys are tired, but do you know how much wine I consumed? 
situation where, God, where were they going? Did they play? Yeah, they played San Jose, Anaheim, Chicago. The Anaheim series, they're in Anaheim to win the series. We are like at a girlfriend's house. The boys, because we all can't drive home, the boys have to come back from winning, I think, was it game seven with Anaheim? (laughs) Come pick up all the girls. Screw them, man. They had to pick us up. They had to be on a plane the next day to Chicago to play the next day. So, like, he's like, we roll into this house to pick all of you guys up who had been celebrating. And you got to be on a plane the next (laughs) day to get to Chicago. I remember vaguely, and I'm so grateful to my husband, him putting me to bed when he has uh, to go to Chicago the next day and he just like shoves two Advils in my mouth. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so we oh enjoyed it. It was, hot, it was rough, but it was so exciting. I mean, I, mean, I remember going to New York um, for those, was it this, or no, was games two, three out there? No, three, four were out there. Yeah. And Jonathan just playing unbelievable in game three. And obviously the whole storyline with him and Mike Richter. And I just remember he like stood on his freaking head and mm-hmm. it was awesome. And then, yeah, it was cool. I mean, it was like, we were talking about it before we got on this podcast. You're just hoping we didn't go back to New York. You think they would have lost. I, I think they were done. Was that, no. I should, I, I think they were toast. I think they no. was that the Alec Martinez goal. I'm trying to like the, yeah. there's all these blur together, and I this, again I'm feeling was it so double old. overtime or yeah. triple. I felt like right? that after that, if he doesn't score that goal, if the Rangers somehow find a way that it's the Kings are done because no, that was such a grind that, that playoff. It was a between grind driving you guys around that which I didn't know and all the. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was unbelievable. But that so like and, and what I loved about that that Kings team in that era and that, I don't you know we don't have to turn this into a Kings podcast but like Dean Lombardi and he would talk about this would clearly liked that he was building a team where they liked to hang out they liked that the yeah it was like a family right and I know that's kind of cliche in sports but he was very conscious of that it's that. not it's and and I see that covering sports you know I see that with teams that are super super tight that Tampa Bay team that we just covered I mean it yeah. was hard for anyone to be tight during COVID but that Buccaneers team got tight fast mm. And that is, yeah, it's, you know, you think about the teams that win championships in any league. And I think that's what's so special and obviously working in sports and then living, you know, with somebody who played it um, and being married to them. Um, this group, I, you know, as soon as I started dating him, that was right after they won the cup. They all live here. They're all mm-hmm. here. And it's yeah. just you know, there were days when, and they've talked about this publicly, if games didn't go right or games, you know, did go right, they'd all throw their bags home or, you know, when they got home and they would all say goodbye to us and they'd go meet at the local bar. And that's, you know, something that was so great about this group. And I know that when Matt Green and Jarrett were brought here from Edmonton, obviously Dean brought them here, that kind of culture, that's when it all started. And they just got super, super tight. There was only one couple that didn't live out here and that was the Mitchells. And um, I was very, I'm still very tight with her and give her, well, why are you living? Why are you in Venice? Why are you out here? (laughs) Um, But she'd make the drive and come be with us. But yeah, that was, that's something that it meant a lot to this group. And and I think that when they did have their struggles in 14 and they were, you know, grinding in seven game series, they just, the fact that they knew each other so well, Mm -hmm. that is so big with any group. You see it all the time. If the chemistry is not there and and I'm thinking about NHL or NFL team I cover, there's just, such a difference when the team loves and cares about each other the way this this group did do you think 
And I mean, you're in it, you know, you're up there up close. Do you think today's athletes, is is it the same? Like, are they still, can you still have that closeness? Like, I don't know if guys are all going out to the bar together and, and you hear like, you know, now everyone's so health conscious or whatever it is. And that's fine. Right. Is, is that still, so, you know, I mean, you, if you say in the Bucks were like that, then I'm sure it's well, they weren't going to the bars because yeah, obviously, COVID yeah. and, and, you know, they're uh, NFL is a little different from NHL and all that, yeah. but all t- I mean, nobody's like the NHL, right. It's just a different place. Yeah. And NFL players will say that to me all the time when they know that my husband played or whatever. They're like, those some bitches are crazy. I'm like, you guys are crazy too. What are you talking about? But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, not going to the bars, but I think just yeah. like hanging out together, you know, you just see at the Derby, like Tom's got, you know, his guys there, Aaron, um, you know, brings his guys, Rogers brings his guys. There's just certain things, um, that you see certain teams do that have like a real knit. And I'll say this like about Tom Brady and, and something that I really appreciate about him. You know, he's always said in sit down interviews with me, it's hard being, as old as he is. And Mm -hmm. you bring in these guys that are like, I wasn't even born when Tom Brady played his first (laughs) game. So for him to relate, but he goes out of his way to he's Tom Brady, he's royalty, he's the goat, but how can he relate to the second year player and not Mm -hmm. have this guy be so intimidated with him? So it takes certain guys in there. And I think that's, what's great about Tom is he's got his group of guys and he's like, all right, let's include everyone. I mean, you saw Tom and Devin white who plays on defense. That's, you know, been in the league for only a couple of years. It looks like they were super tight, you know, and that's defense and offense. And there's so many guys obviously on a football team than on an NHL team. So I think it takes a, a, a certain amount of people in within the um, locker room um, or the clubhouse to be like, look, we want to be super tight. This is what's going to happen. This is a mandatory dinner. We all got to go out. You know, we're all going to the bar after this or something like that for teams to really come together. Um, and it's interesting because you're, you know, we were, we were talking about how it's, we're now 10 years out from the Kings first cup or we're getting close to that point. Um, and we're seeing it disperse. Like Jeff Carter gets traded at the trade yeah. deadline this year. So you got to see, I mean, you you see the the peaks, and also it, it's hard when it has to end on some level. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> after they won the cup in 2014, my best friend, you know, Megan Mitchell, goes to Florida with her yeah. husband Willie Mitchell. I was like, wait, you're not leaving? What are you talking about? It, you know, my husband didn't resign in 2015. He, you know, went from the Rangers to the Wild, and I just remember <clears throat> calling Megan and like crying, and I'm just like, I can't believe this is happening. And he's on waivers, and like all this is falling apart. And uh, that was 2016. I remember yeah. really saying, "Listen, this is going to happen to all of us. Like, mm-hmm. it just it's a business. It just happens to all of us." And yeah, it's it's crazy. You know, they have their like their core here. That, you know, we talked about it just seeing Jeff traded um, the other a couple weeks ago and, you know, my husband coming over. We all got together at a house and, the, you know, the boys were toasting and, and drinking and talking about every play throughout those two um, cup runs and the girls are crying. And it's just like, it's just crazy. And, and I, you know, you know this from covering athletes and I know this from being a part of it but also covering them as well. It's more than just like your job. These become your, you know, family members. They've all been with us through like major, you know, crazy things in all of our lives. They know our parents. We know their parents. We've seen them have kids. They're waiting for us to have kids. It's just like, 
this becomes your family. And there's really not a lot of people that kind of can relate to what you're going through um, like them. So yeah, it's a lot. It's, it's hard. And then you see that obviously with teams I cover and them breaking up and having to deal with that and move on and so forth. You see the Patriots going through it last year with Tom leaving. So yeah. How does that help inform your reporting when you're doing your job on the NFL side? It's impacted it quite a bit. I mean, I, I'll tell you one thing. I remember um, Tony Romo goes down with a collar injury. Um, I This wasn't when Dak came in. This was, I don't know if it was his second one, maybe. He gets hurt. I'm friends with Tony. I know his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no information. And what we see in break, he's grabbing it. And as he's going to the training room, we can see in break, he's telling the head um, trainer it's broken. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to report that. And I remember my producer saying, Aaron, we're going to come back out of break. If you want to take it, say they've taken him back to x-rays. If you read his lips right here, and I have goosebumps thinking about this. Mm-hmm. I just remember saying, does Candace know? I just want Candace mm-hmm. to know because look, my husband would leave games all the time. And I remember, you know, getting on the horn and texting Chris King, you know, Kinger and being like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? Um, is it his head? What's wrong? You're waiting for the text to say, you know, you're going to have to drive him home tonight. He has a head injury. Um, so that's something that means a lot to me. I don't want to break the news and, and, and listen, NFL teams, it's like, it's Fort Knox. You're not getting any information right, right. out to everybody, but that was a big deal. Like reading his lips. I, I needed Candace to know before I reported that. Um, I'm also a lot more sensitive. I mean, I remember doing a game where Patrick Mahomes' knee came out of the socket and they popped it back in. And at halftime, I should be asking Andy, what's wrong, you know, and, and do you know anything and and how bad is it? And how does this impact the second half? And my first reaction to Andy was Andy, I'm so sorry. It just, there's a different element to me because I know how hard people work. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is their career. It's their job, but it's their life. It's their wife's life, their kids. I mean, we all saw that with Alex Smith and his wife Mm -hmm. and his kids sitting in the stands when he went out there. And I mean, Jarrett and I watched that documentary, that E60 that they did on him and we're bawling our brains out because it's like, yeah, he's a football player, but my God, this is his life and he could have died. And um, yeah, it's made me a lot more sensitive. It, it makes me think differently. And I will tell you, I think that's why I can relate to players um, in the NFL a lot differently, maybe than some other people can. It's more than just what happened on third and four. How's your family? How are you guys doing? How's your dad doing? Things like that. And, and it's like, you get taught that and it's like, you know, if you can, you know, connect with, but it has to be sincere, right? Like people, Mm -hmm. like they can see through if you're like, Hey, how's your family? And you're just doing it to check a box before you get to asking about the knee. Right. Yeah, exactly. If if you're, yeah, it's, if, if it's sincere, like that's, I mean, I think that goes a long way. Um, all right. Let's take our last break. I've only gotten to a third of doing oh, that together. Exactly. We're good. <laughs> no, you're good. You're I'll good. shut up. I'll give one no, word. No, by all means. This is, I, I'd much rather be this way. All right. We'll be right back. All right. So, Aaron, I do want to touch a little bit on, you talked about your start with the Lightning. I know, like, you sincerely were rooting for that team when they won last year. And oh I know God. you've got some people that you're close with, with, with Tampa. How was yeah. that experience, even though you're not quite as connected, but to see that happen? 
So we become friends with Stamkos and his wife. Um, We knew McDonough's, uh, the McDonough Mm -hmm. family, because of our quick little stint in New York. Um, And my mom and dad are still there. And I'm very tight, you know, with with Bill Wickett, who, like I said, went to Nashville. Um, As long as the Kings are out of it and there's really no conflict there, I was good to full-blown root on. the uh king or the lightning and i you know jared was too because obviously they had come so close he had to pick my butt up off the floor the year before when uh they lost in the first round so mm-hmm. um we were actually at our home in montana during what was it seven eight overtimes what was that yeah that columbus game it was crazy yeah wow. well, that was the first game of the series right yes I feel like I'm being grilled. I don't know any of these answers, Aaron. I should know all this as a hockey. hockey. I don't. (laughs) I I think it was the first game of the series. And I remember my husband was um, golfing and he didn't come back till the third. And I'm like, you don't even understand what's going on. And then we sat and we watched the whole thing. But um, it was great. I was so excited. And obviously, you know, with Jarrett still being in hockey, I can hear, you know, who's awesome. Victor Hedman, just unbelievable. So it was really, really cool. I was so, I cried. I was so happy for those guys. Uh, it, it was, especially all they've been through like that. I've told this story. So I, I hate if any listeners like rolling their eyes again, but like that, one of the hardest things I ever had to do was interview Steven Stamkos in Chicago when they lost the Stanley cup. And no. you could hear Gary Bettman um, announcing the Stanley Cup winners and handing the cup oh. over to the Blackhawks as we're, ta- you know, and stammered. And it was the most like pain in, in one of the, you know, he kind of said something along the lines of, I'd rather have not gotten this far and lose. You know, I'd rather just have gotten eliminated right away. And so, like, to see, to go from that to that, that celebration, it was, yeah. it was amazing to witness. Um, all right. So, and this is going to sound like, I'm I'm here, you know, to to promote your work at all, and, and it's not the case. But I do like I love that you're you've got like that entrepreneurial side, and I've got a bit of that, and it's one of the reasons I joined the athletic. And I love trying new things. And you've kind of you know you've you've done promotions, but now you're getting into the NHL with that in that space. And yeah. and and I think that's I think that's a um, wide open space. Can you like share some Thank of that? You. Yeah, we started a couple of years ago, Wear by Aaron Andrews, and it was a team apparel um, <clears throat> clothing line. Well, that's the same thing, apparel and clothing line. Um, I obviously just, you know, being a Florida Gator grad and a Green Bay Packer fan growing up and also Tampa Bay Lightning and, you know, LA Kings just kind of felt like there was a white space um, mm-hmm. in team apparel and felt like, you know, women, female fans could be served more. And um, I had been talking about this for a while. Matt Green, obviously, um, like I said, who's very tight with my husband and got traded here together, his wife, Alyssa, um, and I started talking about it and just, she's a stylist and how there's really not many options out there. And we came up with this idea. She's our, um, head of, you know, she's our creative director. She's our designer. Um, and we wanted to start with NHL, but obviously we, um, we're so excited that we got put into the NFL. It went great. And, uh, then we expanded to the NCAA, the NBA, and finally, finally, the NHL was like, let's yeah. do this. So we, uh, for me, starting my career in hockey for Alyssa being Canadian and yeah. husband's winning two cups together and coming here and kind of turning the culture around. This is really cool. Um, and it, we're going to start selling, going to start selling at the beginning of next season. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're super pumped about it. We're just offering new styles, new way to wear, wear everywhere, anywhere, not just at the hockey rink or where you're watching the games. You can wear it, you know, going to the bar, going to a restaurant when we're all doing that safely. Um, you know, dropping your kids off at 
school. So it's not just like team game gear, you know, it's like right. everyday gear, but you can be cheering on your fan, uh, favorite team at the same time. Like one of the complaints you see the most from, from women fans are like, there's just, there's nothing like the stuff that they're, <laughs> they're target for the women is not great. I would say on the yeah. NHL side, really, how is yours different? Like what, how, you know, what are you excited about in terms of how it'll be different from what's out there? We kind of took styles that were in our closet. Listen, I'm very much a tomboy and I, you know, I don't do anything fancy, but we took styles that are in our closet and we kind of just said, okay, how can we put your team's um, logo on this and have them, you know, be in your team's color and you not feel like you're a crazy super fan. Right. right. And it's an awkward fit and a weird (laughs) V-neck. That's right. Um, right. You know, that's just like the stuff that you see around and it's like, Oh God, this is just not even like doable or fashionable. The other thing about us is with us, this being our third year, we've changed our style every single year. So it's not the same stuff that you're like, Okay, I saw that on the rack 10 years ago at, you know, the King's Pro Shop. Um, it's, you know, obviously changed up. We are, um, you know, kind of going with the times here and we're excited. We're looking forward to it. also want to kind of try to offer some unisex stuff. So, like, maybe the guys want to put it on too. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're really, really excited. How do you decide, like, I like that you, you know, I mean, we talked about kind of how it started for you, how you've just continued to branch out and, you, you know, you're not afraid to try something new. You're not, you know, you're not afraid to kind of, I don't want to say push the limits because that has a negative connotation, just to, to do things that maybe people in your space aren't doing. Like, how do you decide what's next for you? Um, I'm thankful of the team I have around me, but at the same time, I just am all over the place. I feel like if anyone who knows me, I just, I mean, you can tell right here from this podcast, but I just have so many ideas and I just feel like there's so many opportunities and there's great role models out there. Michael Strahan, um, you know, runs the management company that I'm a part of. And to be honest with you, I'd love to be a female version of Michael Strahan. He's got his hand in so many different pots and he's got so much going. I've become uh, friends with Kevin Hart over the last couple of years, we're working on a project together right now. I'd love to be the female version of Kevin Hart. I mean, the, what doesn't this guy do? Both of them. They're like nuts right now. You know, they, how do they have time for anything, but they make it work. And it's just like, why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I think of that? So yeah, I, I kind of like look at them and see what they're doing and try to figure out where I can get involved. Kevin Hart did a podcast once. I want to say it was with Tim Ferriss. And it was on, like, I don't know, you know, Kevin Hart, I, like, I didn't know anything about him. And I wanted to run through a wall afterward. Yes. Like, the energy he had yes. and just the motivation, like, like in how his approach to his career was pretty amazing. Yes, he's incredible. And again, where he finds the time to do it. But I guess, you know, when it's his time to work, he's like balls to the wall, let's go. And also doesn't care, like, by the way, what anyone has to say or think. Like, he's just like, you know what? Screw you. This is working for me. And I'm going to give it all I can. And like, guy dominates the world. It's unreal. Um, all right. To wrap up, I want to talk a little media and parents. So, we're similar in that. My parents are both teachers. Your mom's a teacher, right? Or, yeah, she retired, but yeah. She, yeah, for, yeah. mine are retired. And your dad's in media. And I think that's a fan, like that's a fantastic combination in, in which to kind of – like that combo, how do you think that shaped you growing up? Um, 
Well, my mom is an art teacher, so I didn't get any of her creative um, means. I didn't. My mom is so talented. She's so artsy. She, I can't even wrap a Christmas present to save my life. <laughs> so I didn't get any of that with my mom, but I appreciate, I think I got maybe of a little bit of like creativity, like in terms of like dancing, I grew up dancing mm-hmm. and things like that appreciation for the art. Um, my dad, obviously how it molded me is just the drive. Um, wanting to tell people stories, wanting mm-hmm. to interview people. Um, obviously I've asked you five questions in this thing. So, um, yeah, I, no, I was like, not prepared for any of them. I know. God, <laughs> really easy hockey questions I, I could gossip. answer. I, I oh have the Western gosh. Conference gossip. I don't have the Eastern Conference gossip. Steven Stamkos is going to be ready for the playoffs if, to answer your question. I do well, have that. I, I've I'm got the question. inside juice yeah, on that. You already like, knew the answer to yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't know like, if he was out there skating. I got to get okay. TB12 to help him out a little bit more. I worry about my guy. I want him to get through it. Oh, oh. so so you think, yeah. I was yeah. sitting in an airport. I was sitting in an airport. I was covering a game and it was the night he scored and he was in. Oh, and was I was in a, awesome. oh, oh my God, it was in the Atlanta airport. I don't know <laughs> where the hell I was going, but I was, I had a layover in the Atlanta airport and I had it on my phone and I'm watching on my phone and I had time to go get some food and nothing was open and freaking a they have all this other crap sports on and like so small tv and i was like never mind i'll just watch it on this and he scored and i started bawling i'm texting Mm. my dad and jared's texting me and we're all texting i'm like stammer and then he got freaking hurt yeah (laughs) poor guy that was great though that he had that he had that right um yeah, he's he's like so he's one of those guys that kind of marks the passage of time for me in my career because I started mm-hmm. right when he started, right? Mm-hmm. So like um and and so to have him win a cup, like I feel like, you know, it's it we've kind of like matured in the game at the same, you yeah. know, this, it was so like so it was just it was cool to see somebody that when I was breaking in, he was breaking in. Um it, to have that moment was was mm-hmm. awesome. Um but see yeah, so you you get the creativity from your mom, the drive from your dad, and so I want to end with this. You talked about you love to tell stories. You love to have conversations. Is there a favorite conversation you've had with somebody, like an interview that was so impactful to you that stands out in that regard? Gosh, um, I'm grateful for all the time. You know, now you're seeing guys like Drew Brees retire. Mm -hmm. and You know, I'm just I'm so grateful that they've all just been so willing to really, I feel like, help me out. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the one that I've kind of, you know, I have a picture of Bart Starr up here on my wall that I need to get framed because it's mm-hmm. just like, Jesus, this is Bard star. Um, I, I remember when the lightning were on their run and I was doing, was it Sackick? I think I got to do like an intermission during the playoffs with him. And I remember Dar- Darren Pang being like, well, you're welcome. He, he never does those. He did those that for me. And I was like, Oh, okay, sorry, I'm a loser. But I'm just <laughs> always so grateful of the vets giving their time. Jeter was always mm-hmm. so wonderful with me. Joe Torrey was always so wonderful. Coach K. Um, I think right now, just because I've said this over and over, I didn't get to cover Michael Jordan. Um, obviously I wasn't in the business. I was young then. Um, I'm now that we got to watch the Michael Jordan documentary. I'm so jealous not to be part of that time and have those stories. And I really look at this time that Brady has been around and I've been working the NFL covering him is like covering Jordan for me. And, um, the one story I have, and I've told it before was that, you know, a couple years ago, I had to take a red eye after dancing with the stars to get new England. I I'd been friends with him. You know, he's always been great to me, but I'd never done a sit down interview with him. And I took the red eye. I got there. I couldn't even believe he said yes. Cause I know he only does it with a certain amount of people. 
we're in Mr. Kraft's suite. We're looking down, you know, the, the championships are up. He walks in and I just, I was tired from the red eye, but I was yeah. just so like, it's never going to get better than this for mm. me in my career. This is just amazing. And I remember I just couldn't smile because I was shaking so much and my lips were quivering so much that every time he was funny or sweet, I would go to smile and I could feel my lips quivering. So I got in the car after um, the interview and I called my dad and I just started crying and he goes, Oh God, what happened? Did it not go well? And I was like, it went so great. And it was so wonderful, dad. And we were in Mr. Kraft's suite and he was just talking about winning all these championships. I'm like, it's never going to get better than that. Dad. I was like, <laughs> you need a nap. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I think even That's after great. they won, I didn't get to interview him after they won Green Bay because he was up against, you know, he was on the trophy stand, but I, I interviewed him after he beat Drew Brees in the divisional to go on to the NFC championship. And he was just so wonderful and walked mm -hmm. over. And this is cool right now because I don't know if we're ever going to see anybody do this again in sports. And I, you know, like I said, didn't get to cover Jordan, didn't get to cover those Red Wings teams or anything like that. So this is pretty awesome for me. Well, Aaron, thanks for doing this. I'm glad things have worked yeah. out since yeah. Turner decided <laughs> not to redo. Not renew my contract. <laughs> Charles Barkley was right. I'll always love that man so much. He's so fabulous. I'm actually hoping Charles, I was saying this to my husband, mm -hmm. I was a little annoyed Fox didn't get the NHL, but um, I am hoping Charles has uh, a little bit of a role in hockey and I bet he will. And you know what? That'll be so great for the game. They need, like we, we wrote that. We had one of our columns was like, Charles Barkley needs he's a big fan like Huge fan. it would be great it would be it would be awesome and I'm glad ESPN's back in I'm you know as a mm -hmm. I, like I that's it's it's great for the sport so yeah. and you can come back anytime to the hockey space and TV and I was thinking about invitation. it when I heard Fox was dabbling in oh. it I was kind of texting a few people saying that'd be pretty fun to do and my husband's like yeah do it when when are you gonna fit this <laughs> in and I was like I could go back for a lightning game that'd be pretty darn cool oh that's great yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for doing this. Oh my gosh, thanks for having you. me. I appreciate it. I want to thank Aaron Andrews for joining the podcast. So fun to catch up with EA, who is one of my favorite people. She's a lot of energy, um, highly successful, obviously, with uh, whatever she gets into. I I'm sure the NHL clothing line, all this, whatever, like, Whatever she's doing will be a huge success. Thanks, Aaron, for joining the podcast. Um, thrilled for for her many, many successes. And just a bit of news here for you, the listener. This is and was the season finale of the Full 60. We are putting it on pause because we're coming back in the fall with an entirely new format um, that we are thrilled and very excited about that is going to be completely different than really anything out there in the hockey space. It's just going to take a lot of work on my end and producer Jeff's end to pull it off. But it's once we do, um, it's going to be awesome. I'm really confident in it. And so I, A, I thank you for putting up for the gap between episodes that's about to hit. And B, I thank you for listening to the full 60 for years that we've, that we can do this every week, get incredible guests like Aaron Andrews on here and talk for an hour. Uh, and people seem to like that. It, it, it still blows my mind. And so I, for this portion of time, the way that we did it, if you've listened to more than one episode, uh, 
if you've listened to one episode even, I thank you. It's been an incredible run for the full 60, and I really am uh, thrilled about what we're going to roll out in the fall with the full 60. So thank you very much. And if for some reason you feel like you're going to miss hearing from me, and I'm sorry if that's the case, I have joined forces with Sean Gentili to do a Tuesday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. Heavy American influence on this. If you want to hear um, our first episode, it dropped on Tuesday. Go listen to it. Um, Maybe some of the playoff thoughts at the beginning are going to be outdated, but the Ryan Miller conversation was awesome. Just it was it was fun to talk to Ryan, talk a little bit about his career, talk about the Olympics, um, and it was it was fun doing it with Sean. I, I gotta say, you know, I can be a bit of a control freak when it comes to an interview, um, so I've <laughs> been doing this solo for a long time. But uh, Sean asks, asks great questions, or in the case of Ryan Miller, he points out that his mom has heard of Ryan Miller, which is some indication of his popularity. Uh, it, it was fun. Go So go, if you're not subscribing to the Athletic Hockey Show on iTunes, go hit the subscribe button. And we'll be doing that every single Tuesday through the playoffs, at least. And then I'm going to be diving into building out next season's episodes of the Full 60. Um, and it's, it's really cool. And um, I will give you details as soon as I'm allowed to reveal them. But just, so just say subscribed and it's going to drop into your feed in the fall and you'll hear more about that later but thank you most of all just thank you for listening to this to to listening to this format for giving it an audience and and leading to some of the most incredible conversations uh i've had on or off the air it's it's been so much fun to do um lastly a couple more podcast plugs don waddell (laughs) since this is thrasher's hour don waddell uh, now of course of the carolina hurricanes he joined scott and pierre on two-man advantage John Forsland joined Mike Russo on Straight from the Source. And if you're not listening to every day of the week that the Athletic Hockey Show is on, make sure you are. Ian Mendez does a great job. Sean McIndoo, Haley Salvian. Just um, the, the, the group is loaded. And I'm excited that Sean and I have carved out our Tuesday episode to be completely obnoxious. He brings my maturity level down, I would say, about 80%. So... At least, if you, you probably would notice that in the first episode if you listened to that. So definitely check those out. And um, I, I want to hear from you always in the comments section on the Athletic app. So leave any thoughts, feedback, conversation starters there if you're a subscriber to The Athletic. If you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, you can always go to theathletic.com slash full60 and you get a subscription for just $3.99 per month. Whew. All right. Thank you for listening. Thanks again to Aaron Andrews for joining the podcast and enjoy the playoffs, everybody.